This is the Cato Daily Podcast for Friday, March 7th, 2014. I'm Caleb Brown. The financial and educational relationships between universities in the United States and China may at first glance be an open exchange of students and ideas. Unfortunately, the long history and present state of repression in China may bleed over into education in this country. Thomas Cushman is a professor of sociology at Wellesley College. We spoke following an event on the subject last week. What is the relationship between universities in the United States and China, or more specifically, the Chinese government? Well, I don't think there's any one particular relationship. I think there's an emerging relationship, set of different relationships over the last 10 years in which various uh, organizations, educational institutions have forged out exchanges, partnerships, and, and arrangements with Chinese institutions of higher education. Um, there are many different kinds of these, uh, all the way from uh, the most uh, intense kind of interaction with prominent universities establishing campuses in China, in China affiliated with Chinese institutes of higher education, all the way to very small-scale exchanges of students and faculty to work on specific kinds of projects. Uh, there is no one kind of relationship. There are several different kinds of relationships. Um, <clears throat> but what interests me is, uh, or what I'm interested in looking at is the nature of these relationships and how they condition the kinds of knowledge that we're, we're able to produce uh, either in China or either in the United, or in the United States, uh, especially the United States. I'm interested in whether or not these new partnerships are going to affect the kind of things we can talk about in relation to China in, in the United States in our own institutions. Have you seen specific examples of that? Well, I've seen specific examples of it. <clears throat> I mean, there's the there's the potential for uh, for certain things not to get talked about, and for certain kinds of knowledge not to be shared. Um, and I've seen some actual cases where it was very clear that um, <clears throat> because of our relationship with China, certain topics would not be talked about, uh, or certain people would not be uh, certain kinds of exchanges with with China would not be able to proceed because of the topics uh, that were involved. Uh, being too con- controversial politically for the Chinese. Now we've seen, uh, you know, broadly an opening up of China over several decades. Is it is it fair to say that the United States, these institutions of higher learning, can have uh, a can apply pressure in some sense? Well, I think that's what I'd like to see them do more of, uh, because in my initial explorations of these arrangements between American and Chinese institutions, I've seen quite a lot of rhetoric about academic freedom and about uh, openness and discussion. But it's an empirical question about whether that rhetoric will be matched by by outcomes uh, in terms of what we actually do talk about. So in principle, yes, these exchanges meant most of them uh, express some commitment to academic freedom. But I think that's really an, 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 a question on which we need data to see if there are actually situations where we can and can't talk about things. And so the the idea is, I think, the, the rationalization for these by administrators and other people who want them to happen is that our institutions will help liberalize China. Uh, not economically, because they're doing that already, but 
uh, but um, but in the realm of human rights and and other basic individual rights, <clears throat> which is what concerns me. Um, so you know that's that's the question whether or not our interactions will actually liberalize the Chinese environment, which is intensifying its repression against freedom of thought right now. And so, uh, but that's not discussed in most of these arrangements. In the United States, there has been some polling done on how safe it is to hold unpopular opinions uh, on college campuses, and that number seems to decline the longer somebody's in college. Is you have any thoughts about that? Oh, you mean that, that um, <laughs> the more education you have, the more unwilling you are to express unpopular opinions? But specifically on campus. On our campuses. In uh, the U.S. US campuses. You mean without any regulation to the Chinese situation? No. Yeah, I think that there, like, this is actually a, a separate issue, but I do really think that uh, <clears throat> the situation of freedom of speech on American campuses is in a pretty dire situation right now. And I, don't, I don't want to overstate it, but on the other hand, um, you know, there are, there are very clear trends, it seems to me, on American college campuses, uh, which, it, which make it more difficult to talk about contentious issues or to talk about ideologically uh, diverse uh, issues. Um, and I think that's that's a trend that I'm overall concerned about, and I'm not sure that the Chinese exchanges are going to help matters in that regard, at least with regard to topics on China. So they're separate issues, but they're they're somewhat related. That you know, sometimes I wonder if I'm overstating the case, but this is how I feel after 25 years as a professor. That. Um, the situation of free speech on campus is one in which, uh, in which most people are afraid to say anything provocative or contentious because they're afraid of offending somebody, and that there are specific groups on campuses which use offense or being offended as a weapon to, to quiet people when people say things they don't like. And those are the usually the active uh, minority of students. Or, let me rephrase that. I mean, uh, they're usually the vocal vocal groups of students represent different different representing different kinds of interests so um, it, it's really a shame in a lot of ways that the campus environment is so chilled now because without that kind of uh, dialectical paradoxical contentious approach I don't think we can move knowledge ahead on the most important issues because people are just simply afraid to speak and afraid to say anything where are the really tough issues with respect to China? Obviously, the history of Mao's China is something that is rarely discussed yeah. in uh, terms that are rooted in what we now know about those years. Right. But is that is that the main thing? Well, you know, I'm not a. I, I just very clear that I'm not an expert on China, Chinese matters. I, I am in somewhat. Well, I've trained as an expert on communist-type systems and, and, and Leninist regimes. So I know something about the political organization of the country, especially as it relates to cultural freedom. Um, <clears throat> so not being a China specialist, I, I'm not, you know, I, 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 what I'm really concerned about on our campuses is making sure that our students, um, when we have interactions with our Chinese colleagues on our campuses, are able to talk about the contentious issues like the famine. Um, <clears throat> that occurred in the late 50s, um, like the excesses of Mao Zedong, uh, like uh, the, issue, the situation in Tibet, or the actual history of Tiananmen Square, or relations with Taiwan. All of those subjects are somewhat off limits uh, 
professors, Chinese uh, scholars and American scholars who work in, on China and the United States or American institutions, they cover those topics. But what I worry about is that if we have events and meetings and conferences with our Chinese colleagues, there will be a certain circumscribed uh, range of topics that will be off the table. And they won't get there. There'll be agreed upon topics that are safe, but then the ones that are unsafe, which is where we really find out the truth, will be off limits, and therefore our students will get a, a rather distorted view of what's going of, of the Chinese history and society. And, and that's what I most fear. I fear that um, Chinese propaganda efforts through exchanges will give our students a distorted understanding uh, of what's going on or what has gone on in China. Do you think that Chinese students, with all the economic liberalization that has occurred in China over the last 35 years or so, uh, do you have any sense that Chinese students are actually giving a fair bit of pushback against issues or discussions that have been circumscribed? Oh, no, actually. No, that's, that's part of the problem, I think. It, um, it's that they, they know very well what they, what they, they can't they ask about? Well, it's hard to know what they know, but it, it, it's clear that they know there are lots of issues you can't talk about. And it's clear that they know that, you know, when the, when the new president of China starts off his uh, rule with a declaration that there are seven topics that are forbidden to talk about in Chinese classrooms, like individual rights, constitutionalism, democracy, rule of law, civil society, the history of the Communist Party. When he leads off his new regime saying that, then of course every student uh, and everybody, in fact, not only students but faculty, have a sense that these things aren't to be talked about. And they can talk about them at very very low levels and in small settings, but, but any kind of movement to talk about those in a more collective level outside very small situations like a classroom or something would be just extremely circumscribed and punished rather harshly. So, um, you know, the real, the real problem, and I've seen it in my own uh, students from China that teach at Wellesley, is that they're wonderful students and they're very smart, but when, when topics go to politics um, of any kind, not just about Chinese politics, they just they don't have a vocabulary for talking about them, and they they also have a certain abiding fear that talking about politics is just a bad idea because it can never really your words can always be used against you uh, in a country where there's constant surveillance on on speech and, and expression. You're referring to China? Yeah. Yeah, well, yeah. <laughs> well, a, yeah, I don't want to go too far with the equivalence thing. I'm not saying our campuses are are like China, obviously. Um, I think it's more um, our, our, our restrictions on the, restri the, the, the lack of freedom of speech that happens in American campuses is more related to cultural dynamics, uh, I think, that are a result of two decades now of multiculturalism where um, certain groups um, <clears throat> present certain certain kind of claims about their history and certain ideas about their experience, which are all very important to our history, but uh, that anybody who would challenge those claims or, or kind of um, have an alternative vision of what those claims are would immediately be branded as um, um, being a, a, a racist or a bigot or uh, a, a right winger or, you know, whatever, whatever the vocabulary is. And so... You know, I think that it's very important that we have diversity in American universities, I think demographic diversity, but 
But um, I think the problem with that that movement is that it's created a situation where no one feels safe being critical of um, the claims of other groups for fear of being labeled uh, in a negative way. When in fact, they just might have something to say about uh, about the issues, about race or ethnicity or gender or gay rights or whatever it is. They might have something that they'd like to say. And if it isn't in line completely with whatever the orthodoxies are in those fields, um, then, then they could be in for a spot of trouble. And so they just don't say anything at all. So, you know, you know obviously, in China, you have a, a, par, a communist party that runs education, educational institutions, and you have the state behind that with force. So it's, it's a much different situation there. Most of our censorship is, is self-censorship here. And, um, you know, that's in some ways the worst kind because you do it to yourself. Thomas Cushman is a professor of sociology at Wellesley College. You can watch Cato's event on the subject of Chinese government influence in American universities at our website, cato.org.